Bushman Coffee Company was founded so the community would have a convenient location to connect with others while enjoying healthy drinks and nutritious snacks. We are open Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Our mission is to nourish our customers and our community with our culture and our coffee. Our values include joyful service, healthy nutrition, and community fellowship. The Bush and Coffee Company hosts the Coaches Show each Friday morning at 9.30 a.m. and are proud sponsors of the Bush and Falcon football team. Well, good morning, week four. Welcome to the Coaches Show here at Bushland Coffee Company. Thank you, Bushland Coffee Company, for hosting this for the last couple years now. Uh, wow, Coach, all we can say last week was... Uh, <laughs> One of the most exciting games I've had the fortune of attending and calling. Yeah, it was uh, definitely exciting. You know, uh, <laughs> I prefer not to get down 35-7 a half and have to make that comeback, but uh, proud of the kids' effort, you know, nonetheless. Uh, it was, you know, definitely one of those you'll remember. You know, uh, it's it's hard to come back down not that much against anybody, you know, at halftime and, you know, to do it you know, to a good, uh, great Canadian program like that at their places, you know, even says more about our kids' effort and grit. So uh, very proud of those kids, uh, our assistant coaches, you know, for just sticking with it. And it was exciting, but, you know, uh, we'll visit a little bit more about it today, but we've already moved on to the next one because we got another tough one tonight, so. Yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, 49-42 in overtime, uh, and I just want to kind of get your thoughts on a few things. I'm sure you got some questions too, but how, what's your strategy going at halftime? It's 35-7, to 7, and I know Stephen and I talked at halftime a lot about that, and we talked to you after the game. The score didn't reflect how close we felt the game was. I mean, we felt at most it was 21-14, take away a couple of mistakes, and we even talked about, you know, a team like Canadian, you make mistakes, they'll take advantage of it too. But what, what was your message to the team – at, at halftime, down down like that. Well, you know, I've had that question several times this week, and you know, be quite honest with you, I didn't say a whole lot. Sometimes I think it's what you don't do, what you don't say. Sometimes I don't know. Uh, I know going into the locker room, you know, just like everybody else, you're frustrated, mad, upset, disappointed. You know, and kind of where you're at on the scoreboard. And, you know, my first instinct was to go in there and rip them just to maybe get, get them going. But, you know, as we, as we got it up to the locker rooms and we talked as coaches about everything that happened, kind of like you said, you know, we felt like, you know, defense, you know, we played okay at times. You know, we gave up a pick six, so that was one touchdown. We gave them short field on another one. Uh, offensively, we felt like we really moved the ball you know, pretty good at times. We would just have a penalty or take a sack or a turnover. So it wasn't a lack of effort at that point. And uh, I just stayed out of the locker room, to be honest with you, until about seven, seven and a half minutes left before we came out. And I just went and told the kids, look, we're doing some good things. The scoreboard doesn't reflect it. Uh, we've got to keep playing. Uh, we said, that's the only thing we can do. We talked last week and this week about just always keep playing. Through the good, keep playing. Through the bad, keep playing. Through the uncertain times, just keep playing. If you'll keep playing, you'll always have a chance. And I told them, I said, I'm not going to quit. And they, well, I didn't have to ask. They just said, we're not quitting either. So, you know, you hope to go out, you know, the second half and put up a fight and, and see what happens, you know. 
And, uh, you know, we went out there and we did. And it's still, even right off the bat in the third quarter, things didn't go our way. I think we turned it over first drive. And you're thinking, man, this is not our night, you know. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. We just, we made some plays on both sides of the ball. And we believed and we just kept fighting and, and we just made it happen. Obviously, we obviously we know and we believe that what happens in the locker room is kind of sacred. But I've had multiple Without name, I won't name names. But without, I've had multiple people tell me y'all had you had some guys step up that maybe spoke out this week, heading into Canadian and then at halftime of Canadian that maybe hadn't before, and some leaders that have always led by example, but kind of maybe vocalized that in a way that they hadn't before. What you what you see from your leaders on halftime? Well, you know, like you said, I think you really get tested in tough times. You know, it's easy to lead when you're winning. It's easy to lead when things are going good. Uh, but you really get tested, you know, in those tough times when you're kind of down and out. You kind of find out what you're made of. And, uh, you know, I, I told, I told you know, Caden Janelle, for one, I told him he did a great job of leading, you know, last week. And he didn't probably get as many carries as he normally does, but he was, he was, a, he was good on the sidelines. He was good at halftime. He was prepared when, when we got to the game. He was focused, uh, and I, heard, I, I could hear him on the sidelines, try, you know, trying to lead our kids, keep them focused, and, and keep our energy going in the second half. Uh, you know, I had other guys. I don't Clayton Fisher, who's somebody you know people probably don't think about a whole lot right now because he can't play with the shoulder injury this year. You know, he was the same way. He was our ener energy guy Friday night on the sidelines. You know, I, I could hear. I remember turning around to the sidelines numerous times, and he was yelling, screaming, and getting the sideline going. I've seen a couple of different clips from the sidelines at, at the end of the game, and he's hopping, jumping around, and screaming and yelling. Uh, that's what it takes. It takes everybody. Sure. You know, it takes it takes players leading first. You know, to hold themselves and each other accountable. Uh, it takes. You know, it took the band, the cheerleaders, the fans, everybody that stayed. It you know it took it took the whole crew, and uh, you know it was just a special night because it just goes to show you you know that if you just keep moving, keep going along, keep plugging, keep playing, and and whatever it is in life and football, whatever it is, if you just keep going, keep moving forward, good things can happen to you. Yeah, lots of life lessons in a game like that. We we talked a little bit about that and just watching the team just. I think I said it on the air a couple times. It's just mature right in front of you, right? Watch that team and. You know, whether it's Merrill or people like right. Baylor King, you know, really having a great night. It was just watching that team just kind of, yeah. what I think was the first time we really start drawing close together and executing together, picking each other up. Yeah. And, you know, there was, you didn't see any, any even when things didn't go great early in the third, there was none of that blame game. Yeah. There was none of that. It was pick up, we're going back out. And uh, that was, that was exciting to see. Yeah. I think Brian Merrill's another one that, you know, I didn't mention a while ago. Obviously you see the, some of his numbers and stats in the game, you know, and he's he's kind of a quiet leader. He just kind of goes about his business. But, you know, his excitement out there, you could see him getting pretty jacked out there mm -hmm. as we're scoring some touchdowns. And a lot of times well, he still didn't say much, but he's out there and he's <laughs> pumping his fist and his arm, you know. And there's just a lot of guys that, that led in a lot of different ways. And that's what you have to have, you know. You, some, of your, some of your guys, you're – captains or your seniors that aren't vocal you know you want to see them develop 
some of that. They need to be true to themselves, but some of them need to get out of the shell a little bit and, and be a little more vocal, and I think we saw some of that. And then you have your other guys who just lead by doing things right, and, you know, we saw that as well. So it took every bit of what we had for sure, but, you know, we found a way to do it. Speaking of every bit and watching the team grow up for us, there were a couple times I looked out there on defense and you only had like two seniors on the field. But some young guys really step up there. Yeah, you know, we roll. I think we have 33, 34 on the varsity now. Uh, you know, we're for the most part, you're going to see quite a few out there. Uh, you know, obviously with, you know, Sebastian going out in the first drive of the game, de defensive drive of the game, you know, that just opened up opportunity. We didn't want to lose him, obviously, but it opened up. When that happens, it's another opportunity for somebody else to step up, and we had to kind of roll our linemen a little differently. Uh, you probably saw a couple of sophomores out there a lot, and Charlie and Easton, uh, you know, Mike Turner, Trimble, Brett Trimble's out there. Uh, yeah, I try not to call him Ethan all night, right? <laughs> yeah. I've been calling Ethan Fuentes forever, and now it's Easton, so. Yeah, so we rolled a lot of different guys. I mean, when you play, generally when it's a Canadian Bushland game with the tempo of the offenses, you're going to get a lot of plays. So it was, it's important that we rolled those guys to try to stay as fresh as possible. I know Caden Griffith got a lot more snaps on the offensive line, helping Charlie out. And that, that's what we need. We need guys to develop. We need guys to get playing time. Some, to some games it's less or you know, more than others, but you know he ended up playing quite a bit on the, on the right tackle. I'll be honest with that, I didn't even notice. He was in there as much as he was. I think he played probably almost the whole second half at right tackle. You like when you don't notice your line. Exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> now, the only time I did notice him was when him and Ethan both jumped on that two-point conversion. Oh, we yeah. win. But uh, they definitely got an earful. But, you know, in all seriousness, it's like you said, when you, when you don't notice it, that's usually a good thing because there's not any glaring mistakes, you know, that happen. So real proud of all all the kids, the seniors, the underclassmen that stepped up. I mean, it was obviously to get the win was great, but just to get some of those guys, you know, the, the playing time and the experience in that type of game, I think will pay pay off for us down the road. Well, lots of lots of kudos given out for sure. I think Dave Campbell's uh, was a underdog of the of the week win, one of the top three there, and then Merrill, the quarterback, and congratulations to you for a three A coach of the week as well. So thanks. It's those awards like that, they're for a coach, and you don't, you know, it's a cliche, and you always give the credit to your kids and assistant. It is. I mean, you know, you look at something like that, and you're like, I'm not deserving of that. <laughs> you know, it's the kids that played, it's the coaches that kept coaching. You know, it's a team award, and and when when Brian got his, you know, press pass male athlete of the week, you know. He's very deserving of it, but we also talked about he knows that that those things don't happen without, you know, offensive line play, without getting the ball to your playmakers and then doing yeah. a lot of the, the work, without your defense getting stops and only giving up seven points the last two quarters in overtime, you know. So those things are nice, but uh, you kind of feel guilty because, I mean, it's it's a total team award in, in both, both cases there. I thought uh... – Watching Merrill play as the game progressed, you could see him get more comfortable. Uh, and the, the play that, that I go back to that I really saw him see the field as a whole, 
I think he was under pressure. He steps forward in the pocket, and he acts like he's going to run. And I think a week ago, he probably would have taken off running. But he gets almost to the line of scrimmage. Linebackers and safeties really suck up. And he gets, I think it was Baylor. Yeah, over the top. And just almost like a little jump shot. He just throws that ball over there to Baylor. And that, to me, showed, oh, that's maturity with him seeing the field, right? Knowing that, oh, I know where my guys are. I know I'm working the field. And so that was just really cool. That's the one play to me that stuck out that he's he's seeing it. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of maturity out of him right now. And obviously Friday night, but in practice too. I mean, he's just – he's being very coachable right now. That's a perfect example because in the first half, one of the things that was killing us was the big negative plays. We're moving the ball, sack, you know. So we talked to him at half. We're like, hey, you know, we got to not take the sack if possible. If we get flushed out of the pocket laterally and you can't escape, throw it away. Don't take a, don't take a 10-yard, you know, as long as it passes the line of scrimmage, you know, throw that ball away. We'll take second and 10 as opposed to second and 22, you know. And we also talked about trying to step up in the pocket when you get that pressure off the edge that's that's what the pocket is you got to step up if you can and he made you know i can think of two different cases in that second half and that last drive when he's he gets does get flushed out towards canadian sidelines he threw it away and then another time like on the touchdown to baylor he got back in the pocket then he stepped up when you stepped up you buy yourself an extra second second and a half to see somebody come open like that. And I was hoping he saw him because I saw him the whole time. And I was thinking, please throw it to Baylor. He's wide open. Well, Caden was open too. And I saw Caden. I thought, he just overthrew. And then I saw Baylor. And I was like, oh. Yeah. They were <laughs> but both for a open. moment, I was like, man, they. But talk about two guys not quitting. They didn't quit either. And so oh, yeah. it, it, it was a cool play. It was one of those moments that we talked about in the booth of just. There's so you many saw big the things. maturity in yeah. a lot of them. And so. Obviously, turning our eyes to Stratford. Stratford's yes. already had some big wins this year. Um, what did they do? Knock off Spearman in week one? Is that right? Spearman week one, yes. Um, and so, I know everybody was talking a lot about them. What have you seen this week on film that you'll be looking for tonight? Yeah, so they've played. They're 3-0. They've played. They beat Spearman, I guess, in what some people would say was a mild upset week one. Uh, they beat West Texas High, and they beat Lake in Kansas. Uh they're a good football team, you know. They're probably not as razzle dazzle as maybe we've seen, you know. Maybe can you know playing fast like Canadian, uh, but they're just a kind of an old school, good, hard nosed football team that you know have a they have a quarterback that's really good. Uh, he throws it in, runs it really well. Two or three running backs, they all to me, they all kind of run alike. I mean, they're. They're hard. They they don't go down on first contact. They're gonna go. They're gonna get yards after contact. They have two or three uh, running backs that can do that. Solid up front. They're always solid up front. Uh, defensively, you know, they've pitched two shutouts. You know, against the you know, last two games, WT High and Lakin. Uh, and they only gave up 22 to a Spearman team. You know that. You know has a D1 kid on you know on their team uh, and. And uh, they're a good team, well coached. Coach Lovern, talk to him a lot. Uh, he's a great guy. You know, I consider him a friend of mine. Uh, they're, they're a good football team that's kind of like last year, I think we talked about. I, uh, 
they're, they're going to slow the pace of the game down a little bit. Uh, not well, that they don't have the tall grass issue. No, we don't have <laughs> we don't have that tall grass. We were over there last night. My hip flexors were sore from walking on the sidelines last night. But uh, you know they're they they have a plan. They have they have a, an identity. You know of, of being a tough physical football team that they're going to be able to compete with anybody. Uh, it's kind of two contrasting styles a little bit. Uh, we need to be good with our possessions. This, this is going to sound like conversation last year, but we do need to be good with our possessions uh, because they will huddle, take their time. Not that they can't be explosive because they can. I mean, you watch film and about every other play, you're watching their quarterback pop one for 50, running back pop one for 60. So they can be explosive and you got to be disciplined because as much as they want to run it, they'll catch you sleeping, you know, in the play action passing game. Uh, they could sprint out. They'll, they'll spread it a little bit and, and sprint out and throw some some pass concepts. So they're they're a good football team, great football team. They, they could be playing for it all in their in their division. You know, when it's all said and done. So we need to be ready to go. I think our kids have been focused. We've talked about that since last Friday night. Really, is moving on. You know, yeah. moving on because you got another one. Doesn't matter who your opponent is. We do have a great opponent. But you can get beat if you're not ready to go. And uh, I think our kids have been focused this week, so hopefully we'll see it go our way tonight. If I remember last year, I mean, it was a close first half, if I remember yes. right, last year. <clears throat> what I thought was interesting is very un-Bushland-like last year is the second half. We we won that game running the ball, which was very unusual for us. I know Mark and I were laughing about that the whole time. but Because that was just – you know, that's who we were playing, but that wasn't the Bushland game. And then we adjusted at halftime, and then we were able to run the ball, which totally surprised me against yeah. a team like that, probably because they were probably a little bit more prepared for our passing. But uh, so that, you know, that I love the halftime adjustment last year. That was uh, very surprising. I think it caught them off guard maybe a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think we maybe our depth compared to them, we kind of warmed down. I know, like this year, they have 18 kids on the roster. So, uh, we we need to we need to play fast and try to use our depth, you know, as as an advantage for us. But that that's kind of what happened last year. You know, we were down. I think we scored right before half to tie it up. Yeah. And I think we threw a pass to Ethan for a touchdown and we tied it up. We were getting the ball coming out the second half, so we felt good about it. And we knew we were kind of running the ball pretty well. Came out the third quarter. Ran it down the field, and uh, you know, Coach Reynolds tries to get tricky and throw the ball at that point. And it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything against our kids. Not. It was the fact that that's why they were. That's what they were playing to take away yeah. our pass game, take away the deep ball, playing two high safeties back there. And I put us in a bad situation, and I said, "Okay, we're going to run the dang ball because." <laughs> what we're doing well yeah. tonight. What they're giving us was the run game. And, you know, we got to stop after that, got the ball back, went down, went ahead, and we were able to kind of ice the game, you know, in the running games. And that's every game. People talk about balance. You know, to, for us, balance is not how close to 50-50 can we be. You know, balance is can you execute the run game and win when you have to, and that's what they're giving you. Can you can you throw to win the game when that's what they're giving you? 
and that's what we have to be able to do. And you don't ever know what the other team's plan is week to week, but I think I think we're good enough, you know, offensively to run it when we need to and throw it when we need to. And same thing with defense, you know, you got to take away what they do best and and make them make plays doing something they don't want to do. So talk a little bit about how how we do last night. I think we were spread out a little bit uh, last night. Games uh, picked up some games. And yeah, we were a little bit spread out. We picked up a game with our B teams, our combined B team. Uh, we played Spearman seventh grade with our combined B team. Uh, it was good for those kids because, again, they didn't have anybody on the schedule, and we were able to find that game. I think Tuesday afternoon. Wow. With Spearman. Making some phone calls. <laughs> yeah, made some phone calls. Uh, so Spearman said they would come over here. So we, we got some uh, a game in for those kids, got some reps in for those kids. Uh, seventh grade, I, I believe, lost to Stratford. That's the game I didn't quite make over there because I was over here refing the B-team games. Wearing multiple hats, is that what you're <laughs> Yeah, unless anybody listening would like to be a volunteer ref, then uh, I only had to throw one flag. But – uh, yeah, seventh grade loss. I think it was a pretty close game. I think it was maybe 20 to six. Uh, eighth grade won big, I think 47, 54 nothing. Uh, played well, did a lot of good things. I saw a lot of good things out of those kids. And then the JV won, I think it was 40, 47 uh, It was so good night, you know. It's, we, we, it's like we tell the kids, we, we're playing to win. I mean, that's, we play to win. But more than anything, it's about development, you know, and we feel like that development will take care of the wins. And I know that kind of, again, another kind of coaching cliche, but I mean, we want those kids to win, but we want to develop and, you know, you develop and practice and then you want to go, you know, showcase it on Thursday nights. And uh, good night overall, proud of those kids. You know, they're our future and we take that very seriously. And proud of our assistant coaches, you know, for for taking it seriously because I know you you go to some places, probably a lot of places, and, you know, your sub-varsities don't get coached real hard. You know, they're just kind of there because they have to be. I feel like our coaches take pride in that and uh, just real proud of those those kids and those coaches for the effort they put in every week and every Thursday night. So, obviously a lot of talent coming up, but let's talk a minute about our seniors, not senior night. And obviously in year two of your the Reynolds era here at Bushland, for lack of better words, what has this senior class kind of meant to what you're building? Well, you know, I, I taught PE at the middle school, you know, for eight years and have all those kids, you know, some, from the time they're in fifth grade, in fifth grade PE, sixth grade PE, helping them in junior high, coaching them in high school. So yeah, every one of these classes, you know, mean a lot to me. These guys are going to be special because, you know, when they started in seventh grade, and they'll tell you the same thing. A couple of them were talking about it in the locker room the other day. They were talking about, man, we were terrible in junior high. We lost about almost every game. And, you know, that's what I said. I said, guys, that's the whole thing is hopefully that what you'll see on the, on the payoff on this deal is it's not where you start. It's this whole process from seventh grade through your senior year, it's a long journey. And it's not where you start that journey. It's where you end it. It's how much better you get, how much you develop. And 
Those guys that got a little bit better in eighth grade, they got took a big step as freshmen, big step as sophomores and juniors, some of them on the JV, some of them on the varsity. You know, now here they are their senior year with the chance to prove a lot of people wrong that have said, you know, all along that, you know, maybe they, had, they were never good in junior high, so they're not going to be good. Every class is different. You have big classes, small classes, classes that have been successful all the way through, classes that have, you know, kind of been up and down, classes that start slow and get better as the years go on and develop. And, you know, they have a chance to leave their legacy, you know, as being a tough, hard-nosed football team that plays hard and is going to be in every ball game because they play hard. And, uh, that's That was kind of a talk before the Brock game in the locker room was like, Here's your chance, seniors, to leave your legacy. What do you want this football team, the 2021 football team, to be about? It won't be the same as last year. It won't be the same as next year or the team five years from now just because there's different players on every team every year. What do you want your legacy to be about? And I think right now, whether we execute well or not, we're playing hard. We're playing tough. We're playing physical. And we've been in every ball game. So we want to build off that and kind of, you know, we want those guys, whenever the time comes this year, when it, when it's all said and done, we want them to be remembered for how hard they played, what they accomplished, and, you know, how much better they got through the years. All right, well, we will wrap up this coaches show to, today and uh, kick off 7 o'clock. We'll start broadcast about 6.30. Uh, senior night will be before the game, correct? Senior night should start. We'll probably get off the field warm-ups at about 6.30. And it should start shortly after. Okay. So we'll we'll broadcast that. We'll actually put the headset on Mr. Rankin and let him uh, talk us through that. But we'll definitely be showing that online tonight as well. So, uh, Coach, thanks for coming out. Congrats. So Thank no, you. Uh, the new game this week. New so, game, uh, yeah. For congratulations on last week, but we get to move on. That's so, right. Uh, all right. Well, Coach, good luck tonight. Thanks. uh, Thanks for having me. For Coach Reynolds, Chris Welch, Stephen Lyles, y'all have a good evening.